Let's, let's pray. God, I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you that we can lean on you. I thank you that, um, that we get to be a part of your plan to be able to help others to know Jesus. God, I'm thankful for this time that we have that we can worship you and that we can uh, continue to learn in, in what we know about you. And God, I pray that you would help each of us just to continue to desire to be more like you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Well, good morning, guys. My name's Troy Heller, Pastor Family Ministries, and uh, I'm so excited to be able to be up here uh, with you today. A um, couple things that, that I wanted to be able to make sure that, that we knew that, that I'm kind of excited about, to be honest with you. Uh, I have a new best friend. It's true, yeah. He has a friend! Uh, his name is uh, Chris Shelton. And my new best friend, Chris Shelton, who will be the lead pastor of New Covenant Community Church, will be here next Sunday. Uh, And we are so excited about that and so, so excited to be able to have him uh, present with us. It's been a a long time coming, and he is uh, just such a great fit for this community. And so um, if you didn't have something, you know, to look forward to, uh, you have that. Uh, and I am, I am so excited to be able to, uh, for him to become a part of our church body. Hey, I get to continue speaking today about uh, the serving community. And I've been so excited about uh, this message and about the things that, that we get to talk about. Last week, Brent set us up with the why. Why do we serve? There were three things that I took away from what Brent shared last week. One, it's helpful. Number two, it reflects Jesus. And number three, it's actually good for your health. So, uh, so if you're feeling a little down in the dumps on the health front, uh, just follow me to my house later today, and uh, we can help you with that. Pretty good? Sorry, that was low-hanging. Um, so there are some things that, that have stuck out to me uh, over the years. I get to talk about the, the how and the what of serving And uh, there's a few things that have always stuck out to me in terms of thinking about servant leadership, always uh, being willing uh, to do anything that you would ask anyone else to do, Uh, never thinking that anything that you would do is above uh, your position or your place. And so those are a few things that that have stuck out to me. And then you guys, for the last 20 years, I worked with a man named the Dr. Tim Johnson. And yes, it's true. And uh, I will henceforth refer to him as that. But there were things that he was able to weave into who he is uh, that I saw in the everyday. Uh, For instance, well, he didn't do this throughout the week, but you might have noticed on Sundays he would park as far out in the lot as he possibly could, and then he would walk in. And I just kind of over the years, I noticed that that was him just saying, like, I am here to serve. And uh, another thing that that I recognized that he did, and, and we had a little conversation about this, but when you'd go into the restroom, ladies, you'll be unaware of this, but... When you go into the restroom, he would, he would roll out an extra piece of paper towel, like almost every time, which I would look at that and I would go, oh, that's so nice that he would think about that to try to set it up for the next person to be have this, have this place. That's servant leadership, right? Unless you find it so satisfying to actually pull down the, the paper towel, which I kind of did. Uh, so... 
But, but those little reminders, I think, are just so important uh, when it comes to service. Another thing that's been so helpful for me is to be able to think about like serving out of the overflow, right? I don't want to serve just because I can serve and I can do that for a long time, but I want to serve out of the overflow knowing what Jesus has done for me and knowing what God has laid out in his plan and that I am a part of his plan. Um, One way that someone put that to me once was to think of my life, for you to think of your life, as a thank you note to God, that you're writing, you're writing it out in front of uh, people every day. And so that's been a huge thing for me to to be able to keep in mind. Um, Today we're going to, we're going to look at uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. We're going to, we're going to look at a few things that are there that we can uh, learn and grow from and and learn some service uh, things there. And uh, I don't want to miss, though, uh, the start of the interaction with uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, if you want to open up your Bible app, by the way, you could, if you open up the Bible app and you click events and New Covenant Community Church, you can find uh, all the notes, the things that you'll see on the screen here as well as you go through. But also in your Bibles, we're looking at uh, Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25. And I'm just going to hop right in here and, and begin reading uh, this, this interaction. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to, inter- to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Uh, Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to satisfy himself, so he asked Jesus, And who's my neighbor? So before I dive into to the story that Jesus laid out to be able to explain who this gentleman's uh, neighbor is, uh, surely Jesus has a leg up on all of us, right? And his ability to interpret and read a situation. And so he's able to pick up on Uh, I think there's some things relationally that you and I can pick up on as we interact with uh, folks in this interaction. Uh, Obviously, Jesus was able to discern that that this individual, a a teacher of the law, knew things inside and out. And so he knew that uh, when when this gentleman asked the question, uh, that he already knew the answer. And so uh, I don't know about you guys. But there are times, like, let's say that we just happen to be hanging out and we're, we're with a group of people and someone says to me, so Troy, how do, I, uh, how, do I, how do I get this eternal life thing? How can I be saved? You guys, that's a cue for me. I'm like, okay, it's time for me to talk. Uh, but Jesus reads the situation and he recognizes what's going on there. Uh, I had an opportunity to go camping with some uh, friends this, this last summer. Uh, one gentleman that, that I've been praying for since I met him uh, years ago, uh, we've never been able to have a spiritual conversation. And so I'd been praying through this weekend that we were going to be camping with a, with a big group of folks. I'd been praying that God would give me an opportunity to be able to have a conversation about what he believes. What does he think? What are, you know, just see what, what God might do with that. And so uh, the first night, so I'm thinking, God, sometime during this weekend, maybe 
possibly we could have this uh, cool conversation. First night we're there, we kind of, we hike up to this high point in this uh, state park in the <clears throat> great state of Wyoming, and, uh, and we're up there, and he says, he said, this is almost, this is almost spiritual. And so you guys, I'm like, bing, God, is this my cue? Should I start talking right now? Is this the time for me to, to swoop right in and start talking about that? And then God just said, just chill. You're okay. And so, uh, so then I was like, yes, you know, it's pretty neat. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, and so then, then we keep walking and you guys, God then said, God, God did this thing where, where this, this guy said, he said, he said, so are you, uh, are you thinking about pl- saying some words on Sunday morning? And I was like, uh, now I am. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so this prompted this, this conversation then that I was like, yeah, you know, uh, I'd been, I'd been meaning to, to ask you or just kind of to say like, do you, did you grow up going to like a church or, you know, those kinds of things. And then we got to talk about like his, uh, his background, his interactions, the things that had, had gone on in his life, uh, that had made it so that he felt, uh, kind of a coldness or a rigidness uh, toward attending church, and it was tangled up in relationships. And so through that conversation, then we were able to start talking about the person of Jesus and, and who he is and how that allows us to, to love one another, and our, our, our hope is to emulate him and not other people that are trying to emulate him. And so you guys, and, and we were only halfway down the hill at that point, and this was like, God, what? Wow! And and it was because I just quieted myself and 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 asked some questions, uh, much like we see Jesus doing here. One of the things that uh, that I see here, Jesus recognized that this man, back to the uh, back to the interaction, he had he had the right answers, and God, uh, Jesus, turns out uh, has some of those skills to discern that. Uh, and so he just. He reflected uh, the, the question or the interaction back. One thing that, that's been uh, good for me is to be able to learn to ask a question when interactions or questions come to me rather than just diving right in with an answer is to be able to just say, hey, what, what is it that has you thinking about that? Just something simple like that buys a little bit of time for us to be able to think about what, uh, what it is that this person is really thinking about and then to be able to have uh, some conversation and some interaction uh, there. So, so Jesus, in this act, interaction, said, dude, you nailed it. Good job. Way to go. Do that and live, and you're, you're all good. And so then you can almost, if you step back from the interaction, you're kind of trying to put yourself there and think about it. You can almost see this guy go like, watch this one. So, so who's my neighbor? Who do I? I got this. Dialing it in. And uh, because... Jesus knew that this was still not the time for him to say, and if he had said directly uh, what it was, maybe that would have ended up with a little bit of an argument or uh, some rebuttal, if you will. Uh, And so Jesus launches into a story knowing that it would be better for this individual to be able to pull information from him than for Jesus to push 
uh, information on him. So that's where we're going to go. And so in this little interaction, you see that there is always the option of going in through the front door. And sometimes those conversations need to happen, right? This is a front door conversation. We're here. We need to go right in the front door and we need to hit this head on and have this conversation. That's sometimes possible. Sometimes there's a side door. Sometimes there's the back door to be able to to help you to guide and to get through uh, and into those conversations. So we're going to move on here. Luke 10, 30 through 37. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to a place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, and he gave, he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense uh, you may have. So before I even start to talk about this interaction, I think that it's important that when we read a story like that, we try to figure out, okay, what's the imagery? What are the things that are going on in our head? How do we, how do we pick this out? So uh, someone, uh, maybe some of our younger friends in here would, would maybe picture, out, picture this road, you know, maybe looking like uh, Foxtail Road out here or even 84th or something like that. And so then I just started like, hey, this will be fun. Like, hey, how do you, how do you picture the road uh, that, uh, that they were talking about? And so uh, up here, this is what most people described. I, I kind of picture a, a gravel road because it was an old road. And, uh, and so then there was clearly some room to kind of get around uh, the person on the other side. Uh, but here's an actual image. We don't know exactly where this, uh, where this story was set, but it's a well-known road, right? And so uh, this is a, a picture of the road. It's an 18-mile road. It's an 18 miles from uh, Jerusalem to Jericho. And there's a 3,000-foot drop, uh, not all at once, but gradual, over 18 miles. Uh, so it goes through mountains. It was a road that was known as being treacherous. Uh, there were, it was not uncommon for robberies or for bandits uh, to be there. Uh, also, it's important to be able to know from a context standpoint that Samaritans as uh, the audience that Jesus is talking to, Samaritans were, were typically known as the bad guy. Which, play that one through just a little bit, like, why don't we just call this the story of the Samaritan? Uh, but over time, it's been the good Samaritan. Um, so as you go through and you know that context of those situations and, and the, uh, the way that Samaritans were, were known to be as the, the bad folk... Um, the passerbyers, uh, the passersby, sorry, uh, they represent kind of an attitude that we can take towards serving, in my opinion. So there's the priest and the Levite. And uh, number one, the first thing that I think that the priest and the Levite we can learn or to be able to see from there is uh, that they distance themselves from the need. Okay? So they, 
in that image that was there, it would take a little bit to go around, right? So around like stepping over, maybe you climb up the hill a little bit and then come back down, or I don't know how that played out. But uh, if I don't pay attention, it's not my problem kind of a situation. You know, our culture is actually, it's set up for us to be able to live that way, right? A lot of us have garage doors and garage door openers, and lots of times we, we come home, bloop, hit the little button, drive in, hit the little button, and then, then game over, right? We're not interacting with people there, uh, unless you see my garage, and you know I don't park in the garage because, well, there's stuff in there. Uh, anyway, so there are needs, there are things uh, maybe like poverty or, or needs that other people have that we don't see because we live on the other side of the road. We distance ourselves from the needs and our understanding there. Uh, the second thing that, that we see in this is we see curiosity without care. Uh, maybe it says that they saw the man. So I don't know if that's they kind of saw him and said, well, I'm going down this way or around that way, or if they even went up and looked and they're like, not looking good for him. And then went around, I don't know what that looks like, but they saw the need uh, and they showed curiosity, but they didn't show care. They didn't step into the need uh, in order to help out. Uh, Maybe an example for us sometimes is when we come across like an accident or something and and you know you've been through like after the accident's all cleaned up and everybody's still really slow, just kind of looking, just seeing. And some of us, of course, are are thinking like, could I help or could I I not? Should I pull over help that way? But uh, most of the time we're just pretty curious. Uh, And sometimes that leads into uh, different things in terms of gossip. Like, I think that's why sometimes we'll we'll tune into news because we want to be able to hear what the situation is, but we don't know how to help or know how to enter in in that regard. So let's move on, though, from the Samaritan. um, We see service as love in action. So the Samaritan is helping someone who likely hates him. And, and he's remembering, perhaps, in Matthew seven twelve, it says, you guys might be familiar with this, do to others as you want done to you. So the Samaritan has this in mind. And in fact, I think there's four things that we can take away from the, the way that the Samaritan interacts or comes alongside to be able to serve others. So four things that I think that we can think about as we maybe look to be able to serve other people. There's not just four. I bet you could find five or six or seven. I don't know, but you guys fill it in, complete the list, make it happen. Uh, number one, though, is to see the needs of people around you. They say love begins with looking. I say sometimes love begins with good looking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't contain this. I'm sorry. Okay, so seeing the needs of the people around you. Thank you. Uh, others have said, you cannot care until you're aware. I love those things that rhyme like that. Uh, wounded people are all around us. Sometimes we don't see the needs because, one, we're good at hiding needs. We're good at hiding wounds. And so sometimes we, we don't do much about that. And two, sometimes we're just in a hurry. Anyone in here have a... Uh, I love this. Anybody in here have a toddler, like a, a two-year-old-ish in their household right now? Hey, you do not. Some people are trying to... Okay, we got some in the back. I love this. Okay, so a common word in, in that vocabulary is, come on, we're in a hurry. We're in a hurry. Here we go. 
But any time that you have to be able to, to move slowly, which by the way, if you have that situation in your household, you're supposed to be late. And if anybody ever gives you a hard time about that, then just tell them, listen, Troy, in all of his authority, I'm just teasing, I heard someone say once that I should be late, so I'm going with that, okay? Toddlers, two-year-olds, young ones, man, they see things along the way. I've been walking along, and we see a crack in the sidewalk, and, and I think it needs fixed, but it's really beautiful and wonderful and majestic, and, and then don't even get started with the, the ants or the little bugs that happen to be crawling around there, and then things just kind of you're like, oh my gosh, we don't have time. But the slower you go, the more you see. And so for us to be able to set a pace in our life when it comes to serving, to make sure that we slow down enough so that we can see the needs around us. Absolutely. <laughs> First Corinthians 10.24 says, No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Pray and ask God to help you see others the way he does. The next part, be empathetic. Be someone who sees the need and then is moved to place yourself into that situation. We see with our eyes, but we empathize with our ears. So one of the things that a quick way to become empathetic is for us to be able to listen when we come, to a, when we come into a situation. Uh, active listening, like some of you guys are doing right now, and I'm so thankful, that nodding and smiling, even when you don't necessarily feel it, but you're like, and then you're wondering, should I encourage him right now? Um, That is active listening. That tells me that you're engaged. You're hanging right in there with this. But that does two things. It helps me to know and helps the other person to know that they're being understood and that they're being validated. So the victim in this situation is a Samaritan came along them alongside. They didn't need to hear like, uh, what were you thinking traveling this road alone? Instead, maybe something like, I'm here for you. You're not alone. And let's just say for a second, let's just say that there's people in your, in your lives that, that you're like, ah, empathy, empathy is kind of a hard thing uh, in this situation because this person's pretty irritating. And I don't know how to relate. So here, what if, we, what if we're asking the wrong question or we're looking at the wrong uh, thing? What if, and an internal question, uh, what if instead of asking what's wrong with that person, uh, we're asking what is it that's happened to this person to make them this way? So instead of, instead of saying like, instead of looking at if someone's life is a timeline or a, I don't know, a bar of... Uh, to, to being a, a, a good and great person, and we're looking at, ah, they have a long ways to go. What if we're looking at how far that person has come? And what if that helps to build some empathy for us uh, with that person? So we're thinking, this person has come a long ways. We're also trying to empathize, and we're trying to say, what are the things that have happened in this person's life that makes this uh, that, that makes them respond in that way. I don't recommend just going up to someone and asking them, hey, uh, what happened to you, man? <laughs> uh, this is about empathy, right? Empathy is an internal uh, situation. Uh, number three, seize the moment to help. 
So the, Tamer- the, <laughs> the Samaritan uh, takes the first step using what's available to him to help. Uh, he pulls out wine and oil. This is perfect. Alcohol sterilizes. Uh, oil soothes, maybe. Uh, he is seizing the moment to, uh, to help means that he's being interrupted He's willing to do that, and he's moving against his own fears. Remember the context here. Uh, Maybe this is a treacherous road. Maybe this is a trap. Maybe this is a setup for me. Uh, Maybe someone's going to come alongside while I'm putting wine on these wounds, and they're going to think that I did this, and then I'm going to be in some big trouble. And maybe... This person, because of our relationship, because this person is a Jew and I am a Samaritan, maybe that person is not going to accept my help or be interested in my help. So seizing the moment means that we're willing to show up and sometimes just shut up, just being there and being present. Uh, Offer the ministry of presence. So those are, those are three things so far that we've got, right? Let's, let's recap those just to remember. We've got uh, see the needs, be empathetic, and seize the moment. No, you know what? I'm right here. I can help. I can do this. Sometimes it's something simple like, sure, I can open that door. Or, you know what? I can uh, pay for that person's groceries because they can't find their card or they're missing their purse or whatever. Uh, you can just uh, do that. The last point, and point number four, and I'd welcome the worship team to come on back up here, is to know the cost. It always requires something to serve. It, it, it requires something to be able to help. It requires something to be able to be present. Will it be your money? Could be. Would it be your time? Probably. Your comfort? I mean, this man, he didn't even get a ride on his own donkey. I don't know how much of that 18 miles was left, but he put the guy on his donkey and then he had to walk. And so his comfort uh, was also gone. Could it have impacted his reputation? Absolutely, because he took a stand for someone that would have been unpopular unpopular for his uh, culture to be able to take a stand for. Even with a steep cost, I think it's important to know. 1 John 4, 19 says, We love because he first loved us. Why do we do those things? Why would we take on the cost? We love, we serve, we interact, we enter in because he first loved us. Uh, We serve others to help make Jesus known. We are his plan. You are his plan. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. His good purpose is is for other people to know him and to trust him. There's a few next steps that come along uh, with, this, with this message. Uh, first, maybe just ask yourself, 
how can I see? How can I empathize? How can I help? How can I embrace whatever that cost is? See, empathize, help, and embrace the cost. The second thing, you guys were right on the cusp of, of something that we rolled out last week called Serve. And what that means is, is it's October and we're looking to serve. And we want to be able to connect those two dots and bring them together. And so uh, we are, uh, there's a, a whole uh, page on our website called, well, it's newcupchurch.org slash serve, And it has uh, we're, we're rolling out all of these opportunities for us to serve. Some of, those, some of those service opportunities are for groups of us to be able to come together, lock arms, and accomplish a task that, that God might have, and then see what God might do with that. And in that, we might learn things like, hey, I saw this. I empathized in this situation. Uh, I used what I had available to me to be able to help. Those kinds of things. Some of them are, are going to be a simple, uh, maybe a list of things that we'll have, we'll have like a hard copy available for you next week. But as a family or as a household, you might look at it and you go, uh, maybe there's some very regular things that, that you guys can choose to do. Some of them are, are things that maybe you wouldn't even think of as serving. And you're like, oh my gosh, that counts. Look at me, I'm way ahead of this game. I'm doing really good right now. I held the door open. Uh, I unrolled part of the uh, paper towel in the bathroom, and uh, I'm sure somebody will like that. Uh, anywho, so, so we have that. We have October serve uh, coming up as a next step, and so you'll, you'll be seeing more of that and a link to that in some emails. Okay, last thing uh, that I want to do is pray, and then we are going to have an opportunity to, to give an offering. So if you pray with me. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity today to gather. Thank you that you love us and that you care about us. God, would you soften our heart? Uh, I'm so thankful for the story that you gave uh, to the man who seemed to have it all figured out to be able to help him and help us to realize who our neighbor is and what it looks like to be able to serve and to live our lives for you. God, I pray that we would not jump to that point immediately, but that we would serve out of your love for us because you first loved us. God, I pray that you would fill us with that. I pray that we would pursue you and want to be more and more like you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, lastly, I, do wanna, I did want to note last week uh, was the first week since COVID that we started passing the offering bags in here. I want to be clear that New Cub isn't in this place where you're like, oh, so now you're passing the offering bags. Things are, things are tough, so I'm going to dig deep and pull that out. You guys, we wanted to make sure that even a lot of us give online and, and those things, but being present in worship, a part of worship is giving our gifts to God. And so even to bring back the bags uh, helps us to be able to remember a portion of our worship. And we worship God by giving of the fruits of the things that he has given us. Sometimes that looks like uh, finances. Sometimes that looks like time. There's, there's any number of things there. And so as you start, as, as these offering bags come around and we pass them down the aisle, uh, whether you put something in there or not, uh, is, not the, is not the thing. But just remember, God, I am so thankful as, you, as we pass that down and as it a part of our worship to him.
Awesome? All right. Thanks, guys.